Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be looking at a film from 1971 called Blood on Satan's Claw, uh, which is a sort of folk horror film in the style of things like The Wicker Man. You know the kind I mean, you know, small town, witch panic, spooky goings on in the woods, that kind of whole deal. And in fact what this most reminded me of was a film that I've already reviewed called The Witches, which was based on the, the Peter Curtis novel, which I also reviewed, uh, in that it was kind of like that, and it similarly kind of fell to pieces at the end. However, I do have to say that I did enjoy this one a lot more in the watching of it. I didn't ever really get bored while watching it. I was quite interested in what was going on. I don't know why, because on the surface of it, it does just seem like kind of like a dated old horror film. But there was something about it that was oddly compelling, and we'll get into that in a bit. So I'm going to give some trigger warnings because the movie is a certificate 18 and the trigger warnings or just general content warnings on the back are sex and bloody violence. I'm going to add to that images evoking themes of self-harm and also rape. So um, give this one a miss if any of those things are going to trigger you. I think going into the film what kind of saves it from being as dated as some of the other ones I've looked at is that it's not a contemporary film it's a historical film it's meant to be set in the 17th century so although some of the datedness does still come through mostly in terms of the music and in some of the haircuts and in just generally the kind of style of acting mostly it gets away with being not as dated because obviously the setting is meant to be historic. The blurb on the back of the box is set in a remote village in 17th century England, farm labourer Ralph Gower accidentally stumbles across a devilish skull while ploughing a field. Ralph reports his findings to the judge, but when they return the skull has vanished. Very soon the children of the village start acting strangely, led by Angel Blake. They form a murderous coven and when mysterious growths of hair, called the devil's skin, start appearing on their bodies, all hell breaks loose. Literally. One of the quotes on the back of the box is quite funny because it has a standard like review quote of like, oh, this is a really scary film. But this one from Britmovie.co.uk says, Vintage British horror with a strong period flavour, which amused me quite a lot for all the wrong reasons. Quite gratifyingly, and this is actually the first thing the film did to get on my good side, the opening scene is the guy finding the skull in the field. Which is great, if you're going to put something in the blurb, put it at the start of the book or movie or whatever. I don't want to have to wait around for something that I already know is going to happen. He uncovers this skull. I will say at this point that Ralph the farmer has quite possibly the largest perm that I've ever seen. Or just naturally curly hair that is very, very long. But it's very curly. It's quite fantastical. In fact, quite a lot of people in this film have amazing hair. And I will comment on that as we go through. But he is ploughing the field. He uncovers the skull. Except it's not really clear that it is it's a skull. It kind of looks like, like little patches of fur in the dirt and maybe some things that might be bones. And then we see a completely intact human-looking eyeball with a worm kind of squiggling on top of it. But it is a very intact-looking eyeball. It's not like uh, fogged over in any way. You know, like when you see in films, the eyes kind of look like glassy on dead people and they usually kind of like got like a kind of cataracty looking thing going on over the pupil where they've kind of fogged over in death. This doesn't have that. It looks like kind of like a doll's eye, I guess, and it's just really shiny and colourful, but I'll let that go because 
I guess it was kind of creepy. We then have the credits because it's the 1970s and people were still putting those at the front of films for some reason. And we then get to see Ralph turning up to see the judge who is staying or visiting a lady who is another character's aunt later on. So I'm just going to call her auntie. Um, So he's visiting auntie. They're having lunch. Weirdly, there's like a whole ham on the table, but also a small bird in a cage. Don't know why. But Ralph is all like, yo, I found a skull, y'all. And the judge is like, let me get my dope feathered hat and I'll come and look at it. And then, as per the back of the box, when they get back to the field, the skull is gone. So this is all happening quite quickly, following along with the blurb. I'm liking that. And we also get to meet later on in this sort of short section, the aunt's nephew, who is called Peter. And he also has luscious long hair, but his is more like straight, but he's definitely like, doing a regular hair mask and conditioning routine so i respect peter's hair peter rocks up with some bird called rosalind who's a farmer's daughter and he's like i'm marrying her tomorrow and his aunt is like but she's common as fuck and then they have a very tense dinner and then rosalind who's apparently expecting to stay over that night for some odd reason is told she has to sleep in the attic because it's not seemly for her to obviously share peter's room and they can't be bothered to put her up anywhere else now in rosalind's defense considering what follows the attic is quite creepy there's like boots hanging from the ceiling but it gives this kind of unsettling impression that there's either people in the rafters about to jump down on you or hanging bodies up there so that's pretty creepy However, in the middle of the night, when uh, the judge and Peter are getting quite soundly wasted, uh, Rosalind just starts randomly screaming bloody murder. And we never really find out what she's screaming at, but she continues to scream bloody murder. Uh, The aunt then goes upstairs, goes in and slaps her because she's being hysterical and uh, then comes out screaming that Rosalind scratched her and she does have big scratch marks all over her face. So they take the next logical step, which is to get a board and nail it to the door to keep Rosalind in the attic while they send for people from an asylum to come take her away. Seems like a little bit of an overreaction, but what do I know? Peter at this point, kind of fucking useless, even though this is technically, I guess, his fiance. Um, He doesn't really do anything except look sad in the background. The next morning, the people from the asylum do come to get Rosalind. They take her away with like a kind of black mini straight jacket wrapped around the top of her arms but we do see that she now has apparently claws for a hand they're very long yellowish claws kind of like a porcupine has or like a sand slash if you're a, a fan of pokemon and uh peter is still useless in the background but his aunt now has a fever and is put to bed by the doctor we then get a little scene of three country bumpkins just sort of bumpkining around in the recently ploughed field. One of them is Angel from the blurb of the box. And the other two are brother and sister called Mark and Kathy, although we won't find this out until later. Angel then spots something in the dirt, picks it up and won't show it to the other two, but kind of runs off and they will chase each other back to the village because that's what people, I guess, did for fun in the 17th century. We then come back to the house to find out that Aunt Whoever has actually gone missing and so worryingly has the bird from the random cage that was on the table during lunch. I did have kind of a problem with this because although they do go out and look for her over the next couple of scenes, they then give up the search and she is then never found or mentioned again. It's very odd. She just kind of disappears, even though the judge said previously that when they were younger, he was kind of in love with her. So you think he'd have a vested interest in at least finding her body and burying it properly. But nah, she just disappears and 
people just stop mentioning it. And now for a rousing Sunday school scene. We basically see a bunch of bored looking kids having Sunday school lessons from a reverend who has amazing hair. Very silky. Love it. And they're passing around Angel's Discovery, which it turns out is a really long sand slash like claw. The reverend then basically confiscate this to get them to all pay attention to whatever he's talking about. I forget. And he takes a bag off of her, which also contains what looks like a wishbone from a roast chicken and some other random crap presumably she has collected. That night, after not finding his aunt, Peter decides that the house is evil and the best way to go about tackling this is for him to sleep in the attic. Bold move, Peter. Peter comes to regret this bold move because he goes upstairs to the attic and opens the door no problem because the board that they nailed to it is just nailed to the door, not the door frame. So if anything, they've just kind of added an extra bit to the door. He goes to sleep underneath the creepy roof shoes and then is disturbed when a plank in the floor starts to kind of pop up on its own and when all the lights go out and by this I mean the one tiny candle he has with him goes out and then I guess someone switched off the lights that were also lighting the room. For some reason he goes down to this plank that keeps lifting itself out of the floor and decides it would be a grand idea to just stick his hand underneath it at which point something grabs him and tries to like drag him into the floor. Quite freaked out, he manages to get his arm back and then pulls a heavy trunk over the offending floorboard, but then just gets back into the bed in the attic and goes to sleep. Like, nothing's keeping you in the attic, dude. Just go back downstairs to your regular room where you slept the previous night. I don't know what Peter was doing. Anyway, he has this kind of like weird nightmarish type hallucination where he thinks a long hairy arm with claws on the end is attacking him. So he stabs it a bunch. But when the judge comes in to find out what all the yelling is about, he sees that Peter has actually cut off his own hand. So swing and a miss on the paranormal investigation there. The random and probably pretty unqualified doctor is back and he suspects that it's witchcraft, even though this time he does actually manage to save the life of Peter. He didn't manage to save the aunt from a fever, but he saves the guy who cut off his own hand in the middle of the night, so you've got to give him that. He lends a book on black magic slash the identification of evil to the judge, who is kind of sceptical on the whole idea. Meanwhile, Kathy is escorting her brother Mark home. Uh, they're bumpkinning along through the woods and Mark says that he was holding the claw that Angel was passing around earlier when she looked at him and laughed and then he felt like a strong pain in his side and he's kind of holding his side like he has appendicitis but in like an episode of Casualty where people can't act that well. So uh, he's being taken home. His mum says that he's go she's going to go get him some medicine from the doctor so she fucks off. He then starts just playing with some bones at the kitchen table as if they are like pickup straws. And uh, you hear some music which sounds like it's going to go into a Disney princess song about him like finally finding his purpose and leaving home. But then it turns a little bit sinister and two girls turn up at the door asking him to come and play. And he says that he doesn't want to play girl games. To which they answer that Angel has taught them some new games and then they leave together. So... Clearly that's going to end well for all involved. We then cut to the Reverend, who still has an excellent head of hair, but only has half of his Sunday school class, including Kathy, who just seems like kind of a job's worth as far as being a child goes. Far too wholesome for her own good. And then some guy in like the front row, who is basically clearly 40, 
he looks he, he's had a hard life but it's simply meant to be a child says that angel isn't there because she has important things to do and the reverend kind of loses it a bit and yells at everybody the important things to do appear to be that they're all playing blind man's bluff in what looks like an old ruined church and is confirmed later to be an old ruined church mark has a blindfold on and is kind of like chasing the children around and they're laughing having a good time and then you see angel in the background and then she kind of comes up in front of him and then ostensibly strangles him but with a piece of ivy which she puts over the back of his neck like she's helping him put on a scarf and then doesn't really pull round in the front enough to actually strangle him really all she's doing is aggressively scarfing him with ivy but for the purposes of horror we'll assume that he's been strangled meanwhile mum is coming home with the medicine and some guy who's dressed all in green and kind of hiding in the ferns throws a rock to smash the glass bottle she's carrying they have a short argument and he says that mark isn't going to need the medicine anymore because they've locked him in the woodshed and what they've actually done is killed him and then buried him in the wood pile in the woodshed which seems all kinds of extra and i don't really know why they bothered if they were just going to tell his mum where he was anyway we see the reverend then writing at his desk that night and he has a pet rabbit who's like tied with like a little ribbon lead to his desk and just sits on the desk eating parsley and i felt really sad for this rabbit but i also kind of wanted a pet rabbit while i was watching this not that i would keep it tied to my desk because that's cruel and he deserves to be punished Anywho, Angel visits the cleric and he's like, why weren't you at Sunday school? And she takes off her cloak to reveal that she's basically naked and just wearing a nightdress. And then she removes the nightdress to show that she is naked and tries to essentially tempt him and try and get him to play their games with them. He kind of offers up, I would say, something that looks like 30% resistance, but then strengthens and tells her to leave. And she says that they killed Mark because uh, he had the devil in him so they cut it out now the next scene is mark's funeral which angel is attending which i found very weird and this suggested to me that the reverend hadn't actually told anyone that she had appeared to him tried to seduce him talked about the devil a bunch and then admitted murder and i'm pretty sure at least two of those things is a crime but uh, apparently he told no one angel then looks at kathy and kathy appears to suffer the same pain in the side as her brother did so it's not looking great for her and I can't find it in myself to care really because Kathy is such a goody goody two shoes that she, I just don't want her in the movie anymore. Angel and her dad then tell the squire that the reverend got her naked and then attacked her and then he said that if she didn't go along with it she'd end up like Mark. So they've done a pretty good smear job on the reverend and the squire marches off to arrest him. Kathy goes off to pick flowers for her brother's grave because I guess she's just a great person. And then Robin Hood and the 40 year old Sunday schooler appear and say they know where there are some better flowers with long stems. So she goes with them because clearly they know a lot about flowers and they lead her off into the woods. Now, Kathy appears to be the girlfriend or love interest of Ralph, the farmer, from the opening of the film. Now, Ralph looked like he was about 40, and Kathy does look like she's about 15, but I'm prepared to just forget that as far as historical accuracy goes. And uh, he hears her screaming in the woods when it becomes very clear that the boys who are leading her into the woods have not her best interests at heart. So he follows her screaming and in the meantime, the boys lead Kathy to where Angel and all the other children are waiting, this time with some other random people like an old lady and an old man who also appear to have joined this like Satan 
cult. Angel then puts a flower crown on Kathy's head, presumably because they're going to Coachella, and they lead her off towards the ruined church. During this time, the Reverend gets arrested for the accusations that Angel made, and they leave his rabbit just tied to the desk, so I felt really bad for the rabbit. We then see the kids in a procession, and they take Kathy into a ruin. There's a girl there who will become an important character later, but for this scene, I just thought was just a random extra. She's reading from a little book, and they seem to be invoking something called Behemoth, and saying that he should take their flesh and blood and walk the earth again. And as she's chanting, we look around the crowd and see various people with like bloody bandages around their head, one guy's missing a hand, so it's pretty clear that they've been, I guess, giving their flesh to this thing, whatever it is which I thought was kind of cool and um, an interesting direction to go into. A figure in a dark cloak that we can't really see, but which seems like misshapen and weird looking, appears and says, my skin. And then Kathy is sort of attacked by Angel, who like rips her clothes up and shows a hairy patch on her back, which is presumably the devil's skin from the blurb on the back of the DVD box. Then, for some reason, Kathy is raped by some random dude, while the assembled other people kind of lightly hit him with branches of blossom, and then they kill her with some sheep shears and take the patch of skin, presumably. After all this happens, Ralph manages to locate the source of Kathy's screams, but too late to save her, and instead finds her body and literally no one else at the church. With Kathy's body as evidence, Ralph runs back into town and confronts the squire, who then releases the reverend, because it becomes very clear that Angel is to blame for everything. This is the last we see the reverend, as far as I'm aware. He just vanishes from the story entirely. It's very odd. I don't think I saw him with the demon worshippers, and I definitely don't think I saw him in the mob that eventually forms to go and hunt the witches. So I'm kind of at a loss as to where he went, but... If you have keener eyes than me, I'd like to know. Apparently not moved enough by Kathy's death to give up his daily chores, Ralph is then seen in the next scene chopping some wood in the woods, which is, I guess, where you would generally go to find wood. He sees a group of men chasing the young girl who was reading from the book at the ritual, except obviously he doesn't know that, but they chase her down to a lake and then throw her in to see if she floats and is therefore a witch. However, she does sink, and so Ralph goes in to rescue her. He takes her back home to Kathy's mum, who I guess has now lost both of her children, but seems unaccountably chipper. Maybe she's thinking of those uh, food bills going down in price, so there's something. A silver lining. But anyway, they decide to dry her off, and they're stripping off her wet clothes when they find a patch of hairiness on her leg. So they instantly call the doctor and ask him to remove it, because Ralph recognises it as being similar to I guess the fur he saw in that random field that he was ploughing right at the beginning. Now, I was kind of torn on the whole, like, hair removal thing, because on the one hand, the bit of skin that's underneath it that it looks like they're cutting it off from actually looks, like, decently bloody and like it's had something cut off. But the bit they're actually cutting off looks like a puddle of PVA glue with some hair shavings in it that has been left to harden. So it's sort of half and half on whether the special effects were any good on that. Anyway, they get the little bit of skin off and the doctor puts it in a big jar. The girl then identifies herself as Margaret and says that she has to go to her master. But Kathy and Mark's mum says that Margaret is now her daughter and she will take care of her. 
Ah, oh. an indeterminate amount of time passes and Margaret is seen in a chair in a different room and Ralph brings her some flowers so I guess he's just over Kathy now but Margaret remains unrepentant and says that she has to go to her master and then basically tries to seduce Ralph to the side of the devil at which point he kind of pushes her onto the floor and says that she's evil. The doctor rocks up again presumably just to like check in on one of his patients like I guess the only one that isn't dead or missing because we haven't seen Peter for a while either. But during the conversation with him about Margaret, Margaret manages to escape the house and run off back into the woods. The judge, having finished up his judgy business elsewhere and read the book about black magic, then shows up again. They show him the bit of skin they cut off Margaret as evidence of witchcraft and he believes them and says that he will now get to the bottom of this matter. He also sniffs the skin, which seemed unnecessary and gross. But then he lets two big black dogs sniff it so they can hunt Margaret through the woods, which I guess is kind of smart. In the woods, Margaret manages to find Angel, who is kind of wearing a white bedsheet with a hole cut in it for her head and a lot of what looks like kind of blood that's been painted on her cheeks as blusher. And her eyebrows are also like massively dark, like they've been put on with a permanent marker. But Margaret is like running through the woods and she's like, oh, Angel, have I missed it? Is it tonight? Except Angel seems prepared to take Margaret back into the fold and Margaret steps in a bear trap which kind of stops her from following Angel. So Angel leaves her behind to be savaged by dogs. It was actually quite amusing to watch Angel at this point because the actress doesn't have shoes on but she has to walk down a kind of chalk slope to get to where Margaret is in the bear trap and um, you can kind of tell that it's hurting her feet and she's trying to do like a cool evil witchy walk but she kind of doesn't manage to pull it off even less so when the camera shows like climbing back up that same ledge uh, on the way back because it's it's very rocky and it doesn't look like it would be very nice to walk on in bare feet but there you go while interrogating margaret about what she may or may not have told her captors angel rucks up her skirt and discovers that the patch of devil's skin from margaret is missing so she's not going to be any use in the ritual they're doing i guess and that's why she leaves margaret behind Margaret is then apprehended and taken to a barn. They do not torture her at all, but she's, I guess, suitably pissed off to say that they're planning on meeting in the abandoned church again, where the master will be completed. So the judge goes off to, I guess, stop them. It's unclear. Out in the fields doing more chores, Ralph accidentally cuts his leg and then finds out that he basically has the shin of a werewolf, which you'd think he would have noticed when he put his pants on that morning, but... I guess maybe because he's a country bumpkin, he's been wearing the same trousers for the last eight months and just doesn't take them off. But uh, yeah, he's got a mass of like grey fake fur growing out of his leg. So uh, he runs back to Kathy's mum's house, swears her to secrecy about it and locks himself in the upstairs room. Meanwhile, a witch hunting mob assembles, which is basically just a bunch of guys with pitchforks and the squire and the judge. They also have an object which is kind of wrapped in a white sheet and which at first I thought was like a war pennant and I didn't really understand why they had it but this does become important later believe it or not. Ralph then sees the mob going past the window and decides to like try and barricade himself in the room but you hear noises coming up the stairs and he looks scared as if like something's come to get him and then shock horror in the next scene he is at the church so I guess something did get him and he was either magically or physically transported there it is unclear and this is basically where things started to go batshit insane because a naked chick gives him a knife and sort of gestures to his leg as if to tell him to cut the furry part off his leg and I kind of thought that maybe this was like the last bit of 
devil skin that needed to go on the devil creature. But the judge, who's been hiding in some bushes, takes the thing with a big white cloth over it and then reveals that it's basically like a big wrought iron crucifix that looks like it was made out of one of those garden gates. Um, Angel sees this, screams and runs off, but then gets pitchforked to death, so I guess she's gone. The judge then turns the crucifix around and it's basically a giant sword, but like the kind of size of sword that I had only previously seen in animes. Like the kind you would have to run, like drag along the ground as you are Naruto running into the distance. It's massive. He chases the other cultists with the sword, then corners the cloaked figure of, I guess, Satan, stabs it and then lifts it up into the air on his sword and throws it into the fire that the ritual was taking place around. Ralph then looks down at his leg and sees that it's now hairless and fancy free. Then we see the judge's face through the flames. It freeze frames on that image and then the credits roll. So I was kind of expecting the great big hairy beast monster thing to be the aunt from the beginning who had obviously been infected first by Rosalind and then maybe she was like growing hair all over and was becoming like the vessel of the beast. But that didn't happen. I will say that what did happen didn't make a huge amount of sense to me. The overall plot of the film I followed well enough. It, it made sense going through and I was generally interested in this kind of weird hold that Angel had over all of the like children and other people who were joining this cult and what the cause of these like hairy devil skin patches might be and it was kind of an interesting idea because it was sort of combining elements of body horror with elements of like folk horror and satanic ritual themed horror films so that kept me interested and the acting was quite good so um i was kind of invested in ralph's character because he seemed to be like the most featured in the film but also angel because Obviously, a lot was going on with her, and she was just generally quite compelling in the scenes that she was in. So, I wouldn't say it was a bad film. I would just say that the ending didn't really do the rest of the film justice. It kind of made me think of the ending of The Witch, um, like the recent film The Witch. Because at the end of that, after being kind of worn down by all this like devil stuff and witch stuff, Thomasine like, gives herself over to the evil and basically the devil wins I guess you could say at the end of that film or she just goes crazy depending on your interpretation and I feel like that's what this film is missing they have to pull this like big good wins with the giant crucifix sword out of the bag at the end and in the end I didn't really believe this kind of out of shape judge who'd been absent for most of the film could just turn up with a sword and essentially just stab Satan to death it kind of cheapened what up until that point had been quite a creepy and atmospheric film. So I guess what I'm saying is I would have been happier if they just succeeded and then all the remaining townspeople had been murdered because I guess that would have felt like the ending that would naturally follow the rest of the movie. I also didn't really like the fact that several characters just disappeared. Uh, so... We don't see the aunt again after she goes missing. She's not really brought back into the story. And um, to my knowledge, we don't see the reverend again either. He just kind of vanishes when Ralph shows up with Kathy's body. You kind of maybe think that he would be involved on at least one side of this conflict. Similarly, Peter, although featured quite prominently at the start of the film, is missing. Also, it's never really explained what is under the floorboard. 
it kind of feels like that's from a separate movie about maybe a haunted house. Also, it's unclear as to what actually happened to Rosalind to make her, like, grow a beast arm overnight. Because at first I thought maybe the judge or the aunt was a witch and was sort of in on it and had put her in the attic to intentionally torment her because they didn't want her to marry Peter. But that's never confirmed, so I guess that didn't happen. She just goes to sleep in the attic apparently something under the floorboard drives her insane and makes her grow a furry arm overnight so that kind of feels like they were maybe mixing two different plot ideas together and they didn't really work that well but the core like part of the plot the kind of children of the corn element with like angel and her little coven and them trying to raise this beast that's quite a good idea and i think given a satisfactory ending would have been a really good movie However, the actual ending itself is kind of like the downer part of it for me, and I probably wouldn't enjoy watching the film again knowing that that's how it ends. But up until that point, I was quite enjoying it. I was enjoying quite a lot of, like, it wasn't necessarily, like, creepy or scary, but there was enough kind of freaky stuff happening uh, to kind of draw me in. And it had that right mix of, like, the erotic and the weird to be kind of creepy but not in the scary way if you understand what I mean in that kind of hellraiser sense where it's kind of mixing those two things together and it leaves you feeling like a little bit nauseous but you're not entirely sure why that kind of whole deal Uh, so I did actually quite appreciate that element of it as a horror film but again I was left a little bit unsatisfied on the witchy elements because no one was really like an out and out witch doing magic although we did get quite a few good ritual scenes out of it and angel herself was kind of compelling enough to give it that witchy vibe so i would say if you're like a fan of those kind of culty horror films from like 30 40 years ago this would probably be a good one to add to your collection it's definitely a coherent narrative that for the most part makes sense and is a followable plot the acting's pretty good Although the soundtrack kind of reminded me of old Star Trek at points because it was just that kind of like weird, vaguely synthesised music that you kind of expect Captain Kirk to appear to. Although that kind of lets it down, I think the period setting kind of negates quite a lot of the datedness, so it's quite watchable. As I said, the acting is quite good. The dialogue is pretty much all written really well. There weren't any clanger lines that just jumped out at me as being ridiculously stupid. So it's got that going for it. And even though it does include like a rape scene and several nude people, so you could say it was sort of a sexploitation movie, that's not really handled in a gratuitous sense. It's kind of handled in a horror sense and for the most part works quite well and doesn't come off as being sleazy or weird. Basically, I'm saying this film is what The Witches would have been if it had been made competently and if the book it had been based on was also sort of written slightly better. Um, But yeah, if you blended the two together, it would probably be a film that was right up my street. But on its own, The Blood on Satan's Claw definitely fills a a gap in that genre, and it's quite an enjoyable watch, even if the ending does let down the story somewhat. I hope you've enjoyed this review. If you have any ideas of other films that you would like me to review or look at, drop me a note on Twitter or in the comments on the YouTube video of 
this episode or you can get in touch via the email check the description box for all those details and don't forget that there is a link in the description as well to go to the goodreads list hopia list where you can vote on which books you want to see reviewed next or add books that you think i'd be interested in as well in the meantime i'll see you in the next episode bye